Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Corinthians chapter 4, going to read one scripture here, pretty familiar passage and talk about a familiar subject. Thank you, Brother Rayleigh, this morning reminding us, reminding us that God is just wanting us to use what he's placed in our hands and he has entrusted us with and how accurately that is spoken to us that um, multiple talents could overwhelm some. Amen. That's not what God called us to do. He placed in our hands according to the abilities that we have. And so, but we still have the responsibility to do something. Thank you for that reminder this morning. What a great Bible lesson we heard in our first service. First Corinthians chapter four and verse number two, the Bible says, moreover, it is required in servants that a man be found faithful. Amen. It is required in, in stewards, required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And from that passage this morning, that's just my subject, faithful. Amen. I want to talk about the power that comes in our heart and our lives and the impact that faithfulness can have. Amen. May the Lord bless you and you can be seated. <clears throat> Thank you to our singers, our musicians today. Just standing down front during our worship service, I appreciate the songs and the music, and amen. Thank you again. I know I said it just Wednesday night, but thank you for just ushering us into the presence of God and uh, for pushing back whatever you had to push back to be able to bring us into the presence of God. Throughout the Word of God, there are many people that were noted, recognized, that were just simply called faithful. From Moses of the Old Testament to Timothy of the New, and certainly many, many in between. This one word seemingly captures a lifetime of achievement with just one word. Of Moses, in Numbers 12 and 7, it just simply says, My servant Moses, who is faithful in all mine house. And so if you didn't know Moses, and we just heard that one scripture, we didn't know the back story, well, we would certainly be missing out on a lot. But when you read about Moses and all the things that he encountered and his many highs and his many lows, and then all of those days that are unmentioned because they were just common days, ordinary days, that word faithful became the capstone of many people's lives. It was that often noted dash that separates the date of their birth from the date of their departure from this world. And if you could just put a word in the place of that dash, it would just simply be faithful. Faithful on days when life was going their way. 
and faithful on days when the assailing winds almost extinguish the fire in their heart. And if we're honest, we can say we've all been there. Days when we felt like it just couldn't get any better. And then we've had days we wondered, could it get any worse? But somehow God just helped us to stay buoyant that we just didn't go under long enough to lose our lives. It only takes eight letters to spell the words, but it takes unmatched strength to live it out, to be faithful. I'm so thankful for faithful people that God has placed in my life. I'm in a room full of them today. Amen. I'm in a room full of men and women that I know and you know that we could call on them at a midnight hour and no request would be out of bounds. They would be right there. Right there. If we needed them in our home at midnight, they would be there. It would only take as long as it would take for them to get to their home to our home. It would not be something they would get around to in the future, but they would be at our side as soon as possible. I'm thankful for faithful people. If you compare the ideology of that to our day that we live today, we can see a glaring difference because many people are not noted just for being faithful, but it takes some pretty extreme achievements before anybody can make front page news on our papers. Our newspapers and news articles and news feeds are not filled with common situations or common lives, common families, common men and women, but it's generally those that are the man of the year, the woman of the year, the achievement of this or the achievement of that. But I find great consolation in the Word of God is the, in the fact that God just used common people. And I believe this morning that, again, I'm not going to try to re-preach Brother Rayleigh's message, but I, be, I believe that what Brother Rayleigh was, with the help of the Lord, underlining this morning is that God has a place for all of us in his kingdom. All of us. And so there are different giftings and different um, talents that God entrusts to our care. And so he doesn't require of everybody to be a musician. He doesn't require of everybody to be a singer. He doesn't require of everybody to be a preacher or a teacher or require everyone to be on the front line. And I know that we're thankful for that. There are those today that would gladly serve in the shadows, but they would probably have a meltdown if you ask them to come up and do the smallest of tasks in front of people. That's just not what God called them to do, and that is not what is in their heart to do. But they are faithful in the area that the Lord has called them, and they are faithful in the field in which the Lord has entrusted to them faithful. We're introduced to many faithful people through Scripture, but one this morning I would like to underline, and that is found in the third epistle of John. And the Lord allows us to read these inspired words from John the Apostle about his beloved friend, a man by the name of Gaius. Though reasonably obscure in the pages of Scripture, Gaius manifests one of the most important traits that a child of God can possess. The Word of God teaches us that he was faithful in many areas of his life. He wasn't just faithful every now and then or just in one or 
so places of his life, but there were many areas of his life. As a matter of fact, I believe if we could just summarize from Scripture a few things, I think it would validate the fact that this man could have been found faithful in all walks, in all areas of his life. Gaius was certainly faithful in his walk with God. He was one of the converts of John's ministry. As a matter of fact, it was a a, a person that John referred to as one of his children, a spiritual child, so to speak. Being faithful to walk in truth, I believe requires a, a great commitment, and it was a commitment that he had made. The first commitment that we have to make is we have to we have to be committed that we will not walk in error. And I have to pray for the Lord to help me to understand the value of truth and to stay in love with truth and to ensure in my heart that I am not going to walk in error to the word of God. Amen. I want to walk in truth. But if I'm going to walk in truth, then I've got to pray and ask God to give me the spirit of discernment that I will know truth from error. I need to ask God to help me to be sensitive and not help me to help me not to be rather gullible and to just hear and to be moved with every wind of doctrine that comes along. Amen. I need the Spirit of God to help me know truth from error. I believe that God has given the church many tools today to assist us in doing this. I believe the greatest tool that we have is the truth of God's Word. I'm thankful for the fundamental foundational aspects of the word of God. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, David said of his word that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I know that is an often quoted passage, an often referred to passage of scripture, but don't ever let that grow mundane in your spirit. His word is illuminating. It can show us and help us. It can educate us. It can encourage us. It can strengthen us, but it can guide us and it can direct us. And if it is not in alignment with the word of God, then I don't want to have anything to do that would be contrary to his word. Amen. Another blessing that God has given us in order to help us or assist us in discerning truth from error is the preaching and the teaching of the word of God, the ministry. Amen. There are many reasons that a pastor of a congregation is referred to in scripture as a shepherd. But one of them is the fact that he guides the flock. Amen. I'm thankful for pastors and shepherds and I'm not here feathering my own nest. I am thankful for pastors in my own life and shepherds in my own life. I'm thankful for a voice that can be a voice of warning. Amen. A, wo- a warning when I'm going the wrong direction. I'm thankful for a message. Amen. It may be a message over the pulpit. It may be a a message one-on-one. It may be a prayer of intercession, someone that is directing me. I'm thankful to have a voice in my life that can lead me through the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God. Amen. We've all had those moments of illumination, not just as new converts, but those moments of illumination while the teaching or the preaching was going forth where the Word of God would just a passage or or some nuance of the word of God would just come alive in our heart and we get something like never before. 
My wife was just talking a, a few days ago, a few weeks ago rather, in our home. She was reading her daily morning reading and, and she began to reiterate a story. And she said, you know, I know I've read this passage over and over, but somehow or another it just stands out to me today. It just, it just, it just something speaks to me today. The word of God because it's alive. It's a living seed. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful for his word, the written page of scripture. But another tool that we have to guide us is the infilling of his spirit. Yes, we have the word of God that teaches us. There are some thou shalts and there are some thou shalt nots. I'm thankful for the written word of God that gives us clear and distinct principle, uh, clear and distinct guidelines. But I'm also thankful for the principles of scripture that are in there that we understand that here's a principle that was true in the New Testament that is a principle that has not changed in 2023. I'm thankful for the, the, the absolute word of God. I'm thankful for the principles of the word of God. But you know, there are some things in life that we encounter that's not written down in a page. So I'm thankful for the spirit of God that is a Alive in our heart, where something, when we begin to get too close to something that's not in our best interest, the Spirit of the Lord begins to move. It's not a thundering sometimes, it's not a darkening of a cloud at times. It may just be a pinch in our heart, it may just be an uneasy feeling, and that's the Spirit trying to nudge us in the right direction. Amen. He is truth. He is the spirit of truth. And if I love his word and if I love and have relationship with his spirit, amen, he will not allow me to veer off the path. Amen. I know that we can get out of the will of God. I don't want to minimize being out of the will of God, but I'm going to tell you somebody that's sincere in their walk with God, somebody that is genuine in their walk with God, when they get out of the will of God, they're going to know they're out of the will of God. And it doesn't have to come in an earthquake. It doesn't have to come through some great tragedy or calamity. But the spirit of the word, the spirit of truth that lives in our heart is going to remind us that we are out of his will. And he is beckoning for us to come back into his will. And so this morning, if you fall down, I want you to understand something. The value is in getting back up. The spirit of God that will give us the strength to rise again. Thank you, Lord, for the hope of another chance. Thank you, Lord, for the hope of your word that is rich, rich in your word that is real. Praise God. Amen. We bear the responsibility, however, for, for not only hearing the word of God, but for yielding to the word of God. Because you can resist. You can resist preaching. You can resist the spirit of God. You can resist conviction. Amen. The choice is ultimately ours to make. But every time we reject the guiding hand of God, it becomes more and more difficult for the Lord to lead us the next time. Amen. That's why it's so important. Don't override that feeling. Don't override. Don't, don't put your fingers in your ears if the preacher's preaching something that, that's going against the grain of where you're living or what you're doing. You know why? Because the next time it'll be even more difficult for the Spirit to capture that. But on the other hand, amen, every time we yield to the Spirit, we get more and more sensitive to the Spirit and more discerning of His voice and more discerning of His will. Hallelujah. Amen. I want 
the Lord to be able to lead me and guide me, not force me and drive me. I want the Lord to lead and guide and not have to force my hand. I want to walk with Him because I love Him. I want to be found faithful. Gaius exemplified the need to walk in the path of truth. I believe that just looking at this very fundamentally, that walking is an action word. Now, it's a good thing to stand. It's a good thing to remain in truth. But I believe that we are also called to walk in truth. Walk and walking in truth requires effort. Walking in truth requires direction. Walking in truth requires consistency. Praise God. I am so thankful for the elders in my life that have been consistent. You could count on them. You could set your spiritual clock by them. You could set the gauge of your heart by them. What they were a decade ago, they are today. They have not changed anything in their principles. They've not changed anything in their convictions. Amen. So walking in truth requires effort. It requires consistency. The progression we often think about of Isaiah 40. It's a very interesting thing and often been referred to. I don't think I'm illuminating anything here today by going back here. But Isaiah 40 and 31, the Bible talks about the flying of an eagle. And then it talks about running. And then it talks about walking. Amen. That's an unusual order that is seemingly diametrically opposed to our way of thinking. We would turn that in the reverse sequence, viewing the eagle as the most noble and the supreme of these actions. But maybe God is trying to underline a principle. Maybe he's trying to point out that the highest, his highest ambition for us is not to soar like an eagle or not to sprint like a runner, but his greatest desire is that we would just walk with him and that we would walk in humility and that we would walk with faithfulness and that we would walk with uprightness, that we would walk with consistency. Praise God. I'm thankful for those that started out walking a long time ago and they're still walking today. There's a lot of people that come out of the gate strong but we don't even know where they are today. There's a lot of people that shot right to the top and right out of the top and they're nowhere to be found today. But I'm thankful for those that were faithful. They were faithful. They were faithful. They were faithful. Amen. One thing is certain walking with God will lead us in several different areas. I believe that walking with God is certainly going to keep us in the path of salvation because it's not just enough to get saved. You've got to stay saved. Amen. It doesn't matter how dramatic. It, matters, it won't matter how outlandish the moment was that you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've got to keep the Holy Ghost. I've got to keep my life in a position where God can bless me. I'm thankful for the past blessings of God. But I have the capacity and you have the capacity, amen, to live a life in such a way that God can't bless. And so I want to get up every day and say, Lord, I thank you for your past blessings. And I thank you for your blessings today. But I want to go ahead and ask you to bless me in my tomorrow. I want to set a trajectory, Lord. I want to not just get saved, but I want to stay saved. I don't want to just have had a walk with you. I want to have and maintain a walk with you. 
John 10 and 1 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the sheep door, in, 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 in by the door rather, into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same, the same is a thief and a robber. God has a plan of salvation, and I gotta follow that plan of salvation. He's not gonna write me an excused, he's not gonna write me an excused absence, he's not gonna write me a, a ticket that pushes me to the front of the line. Absolutely not. Everybody's gonna have to repent of their sins and be water baptized in the name of Jesus. Christ for the remission of those sins amen and they're going to then need to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and that Holy Ghost is going to come with evidence of speaking with other tongues don't ever get tired of hearing it don't ever get tired of talking about it don't ever get tired of sharing it amen I got to keep I got to get salvation but I've got to keep salvation I've got to keep it underlined in my heart and in my life amen that was established by God I don't have the authority to alter that. I can't change that. That is the only path of hope. Amen. I'm thankful that, that uh, when we walk with God, that the Lord is requiring of His church. He puts something in our heart. It's not just a brutal letter of the law, but God puts a spirit of holiness in our heart, a hunger and a thirst. The things that we used to do, we no longer want to do. The way we used to walk is not how we want to walk anymore. We're called to a life of holiness that not only touches both what and who we are inwardly, but it affects us on the outside as well. Amen. So I need to be faithful every day of my life. Amen. To walk in the spirit of holiness. Holiness in my mind. Holiness in my heart. Holiness in my spirit. Amen. We are never released from the requirement to live holy. Be holy as I am holy. That was the command of the Lord. Not just holy on Sunday. Not just holy on Wednesday. Amen. I need to be holy on my job. I've got to be holy when I'm at home. I've got to be holy on vacation. I've got to be holy wherever I am. Amen. I've got to recognize that what's going on on the inside is going to manifest itself on the outside. Amen. If an outward manifestation uh, lacks a connection with the right spirit, I'll tell you that's a dangerous thing. Amen. Let me remind you again. Amen. If, if we just have an outward manifestation and that man, out, outward manifestation, if that becomes the pinnacle of who we think we are, we can confuse that with a spirit of Phariseeism. Amen. That holier than thou and judgmental. God hasn't given us a black robe of judgment, but he's put on us a white robe of cleansing and washing. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that the Lord called me out. Aren't you thankful that the spirit of the Lord called you out? Not the man I used to be. You're not the lady that you used to be because the Spirit of God is doing a work in your heart and in your life even now. I believe a third path that we are called to follow is, is faithfulness in our lifestyle. Amen. We show allegiance to God and not just by what, what we do, but we, we show an allegiance to God by showing God who we are. The disciples, the, the disciplines rather of a Christian life, I believe are evident in a faithful servant. Evident. We're not always, I'm not always wearing a suit and tie. I feel like I am most of the time, but I'm not always wearing a suit and tie. I don't always have a Bible in my hand. Sometimes I'm just a husband, a father. Sometimes I'm just a man in the community. Sometimes I'm a homeowner and I'm at the hardware store trying to fix a pipe that leaks in our house just like it leaks in your house. 
And it's my lifestyle. It's how I conduct myself in those moments. That matters as much as the moment that I'm experiencing right now. Suit and tie, Bible open, iPad on, microphone in hand. That moment is as important as this moment. I got to be faithful. Amen. It requires discipline. That's not a that's not a pleasant word, is it? Amen. How many advertisements have you ever seen about you know things concerning your health and even weight loss? And it's it, I've always been amused, and I'm sure you may be even tired of hearing this, but I've always been amused by this. If you drink this formula, or if you take this pill, along with proper diet and exercise. I think you could drink a glass of water and have proper diet and exercise and lose weight. There is no magic formula. The mag- there's no magic formula. The answer is you got to do right if you want if you want a proper end result. Amen. You got to do the right thing. And so I'll leave that alone. I can feel the pushback, but <laughs> I'm pushing back on myself. Much of our own success in living for God is determined by the basics. And those basics I mentioned Wednesday night, prayer and fasting and, and, and just study of the Word of God. And, and, and if you're a Sunday school teacher or minister in the church, I want to say when I'm talking about studying the Word of God, I'm not talking about studying for a sermon or studying for a Sunday school lesson or studying for a Bible study, but just the Word of God, for the Word of God's sake. I just want to... I just want to sit down. I just want to dine on the word of the Lord. I want a promise. I want a principle. I want something, Lord, that I can just feast on. Praise God. Amen. I want to be faithful in the work that God has called me to do. Whatever that may be, we're called to walk with God. And we're called to walk in our own good and for our own good. We're called to work also for the good of others. And, and each of us have, has been placed into the kingdom. And every, every citizen of the kingdom of God has a vital role to the overall success of the kingdom. Our first service, amen, it was just all... Uh, it was just such confirmation for me this morning because we're all, whether you're a one-talent person, a two-talent, a five-talent person, we're all vital, vital to the kingdom of God. Every one of us, as a citizen of this heavenly kingdom, everyone, every one of us are placed here intricately, delicately, intentionally placed where God has placed you, given you the given you the abilities that you have. Amen. So the Bible says it's not only to help ourselves, but it's to help others, to serve others. Third John 5, the Bible says, Beloved, thou dost faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to the strangers. And so I'm not just trying to do right so I can bless my family or I can bless my friends. Amen. But he said, you need to do whatever you do. Do it. Amen. Do it faithfully. Amen. And when you do it faithfully, you're going to bless brothers. And he said, you're even going to bless strangers. What a high compliment was given here regarding the faithfulness of Gaius. The Apostle John is really not specific about any certain thing. And I'm really thankful for that. Because John, his third epistle here, in all the references to Gaius, he's not talking about an incident. You should have been there on this day. He's not referring to any one specific thing. He just simply said, whatsoever he had done, he executed Faithfully, faithful, faithful to the brethren. I believe that we have a special bond within the kingdom of God, brothers and sisters in Christ. We don't use those words randomly. 
when the Lord described the closest of relationship that he would share with us, he chose to call himself the friend that would stick closer than a brother. And so while maybe there are aspects of things that we can offer our brothers and sisters in the Lord, I believe that many things we can offer them, but one of those things we can offer one another is just encouragement. And it matters not who you are. We have all needed encouragement because everyone is in a battle of some sort. And the devil uses every formidable weapon to discour- of discouragement against us. He can use any number of things to bring discouragement your way. And I ask you to remain seated on this. But isn't it amazing how quickly you can get there? Somebody can just say one thing and it just deflates so many things that you had felt good about. And then all of a sudden just one instant, one incident happened. And so it's so wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to have somebody that just can encourage you. I'm not talking about glad handing you and being a yes man, but, but everybody can probably remember some time when just a simple word of hope, some just kind word, some word of affirmation became a life raft, not an ego booster, not something to massage your, your ego. No, it, it became something that helped you live. It, it, it helped you survive that moment. He talked about faithful to strangers. We do have a responsibility to one another, absolutely. But we bear a responsibility to the unsaved people in this world. And God has entrusted us with the care of something that, that we could never have afforded without him, and that is the treasure. He has placed in our heart that treasure in an earthen vessel, and we are stewards of his grace. We are the ones whom he has given the care and the oversight of his grace and so the overriding, the overriding requirement for a steward that was in our scripture text this morning, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And so if our service to the lost world is going, though the loss of this world is going to be effective, then it's got to be supported by the life that we live. You know, we have so many tools of evangelism at our disposal today. It's remarkable that if, we are without excuse for not reaching the lost, that's for sure. Maybe, maybe there was a day people thought they had to be a Bible scholar to teach a Bible study, but it's not true. It's never been true, really. But I will tell you that with all the tools that are available for the church today, we all have the ability to touch the heart of people and change their life with the truth of God's Word, not with your ability, not with your finesse, but with just tools to break down the word of God. Amen. Reaching the lost, no matter how many tools we have, it still work. It still takes faithfulness. We got to be intentional. Amen. I'm going to ask our musicians to come if they will. I believe that we have to be faithful in our worship. We have to be faithful in our worship. Gaius, I believe scripture can solidify for us that he exempt He lived an exemplary life in this regard. It is said of him in verse number 6 that he was born witness of thy charity before the church or of thy love before the church. Gaius was a man who loved the one who loved him first. And it worries me when I am in worship services and people that have the Holy Ghost aren't worshiping. I understand we all worship differently. 
and, and you don't need to measure your life with the yardstick I measure mine. But I don't ever want to be in the presence of God without somehow something in my heart stirring over. And it's got what's in has got to come out. Somehow I've got to worship Him. Amen. When a person feels that they are forgiven much, it's easy to love much when you know how indebted you were and that debt has been forgiven. So worship is such an important part of who we are and what we are. Amen. The Bible in, in 1 Timothy 2 and 8 not only admonishes us to lift up holy hands, but we're also admonished to do so without wrath and doubting. So my point in that is that worship is not just about some demonstration of something. It's not that watch us me or watch us or watch me. I got to lift up holy hands, but I've got to do so without wrath and doubting. I got to do so with a clean heart, a pure heart. Praise him with pure lips. Amen. Let's stand. I believe that love is always the right motive for worship. Amen. Love, real love should be the right motive of worship. I don't say this to be negative or cynical. And this is not something happening here, so I'm not talking about this. But I've seen people holding the microphone for wrong reasons. Because what was going on wasn't about the circumstance, but it was about them. That's not why we should be doing what we're doing. We need to love God and have a right motive. Amen. Worship is offered with a motive that needs to be felt. And people can sense the sincerity. Amen. Because without that, it's not worship at all. It's not worship at all. Amen. We're called to be faithful in our walk with God. and We're called to be faithful in our worship and Amen. I want it to be pure. He is the only one we're trying to please. According to John, he's seeking for worshipers. And when he finds them, they garner his attention and they garner his praise and they garner his faithful, his faith rather, and favor. And so I want to be found faithful. Faithful. Amen. If we just somehow could end life's journey and make it to heaven. My, my. <laughs> my, my. Amen. I'm not talking about squeezing in under the wire, hearing the door click behind us. That's not what I'm referring to. But I'm just talking about being found faithful. That when the trumpet sounds, amen, when the trumpet sounds, it won't matter if it's midnight. It won't matter if it's 12 noon. It won't matter if it's Tuesday or Thursday. He can catch us right in the middle of a worship service. That would be a wonderful thing. But if he catches us on our job, it'll still be all right. Because I went to work faithful. I went to work committed. I went to work dedicated. Amen. Found faithful. Let's magnify him. Can we? This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. 
Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.